Welcome to season two of the Digitalization and Diversity Podcast, a show that tells personal stories and digital journeys of diverse people. My name is Adya and I am your host. Hello to the Digitalization and Diversity Podcast listeners. Thanks for tuning in today. It's going to be a fruitful exchange on this episode as we are diving deep into the topic of female mentorship, startups, and corporate careers with my special guest, Yulia Stadler. Yulia is an entrepreneur based in Berlin, and she co-founded a company called Vito Gründer, which is a matchmaking platform for company succession. Yulia is also very passionate about female entrepreneurship, and she co-founded the nonprofit organization FemStory. FemStory is a mentoring network in which female mentees are matched with mentors of any sex. I myself volunteer in my private time on FemStory to coach young women with less than two years of work experience in taking their first steps into the professional world post-university and I am personally so motivated by the power of digital platforms such as FemStory in providing access to mentoring opportunities to diverse groups of people who otherwise would not have had this access to development options in their physical environment. Welcome, Yulia, to the show. It is such a pleasure to have you as my guest. Let's deep dive into the exchange and I want to kick off the episode with understanding a bit more about your story. So what motivated you to start this mentoring network femme story? Hi, Adia. First of all, thanks for inviting me. It's a pleasure to be here. And yeah, to your question. So one of my co-founders, Eva, and me, we both basically came from consulting firms. And we both had mentoring experiences that. I would say successfully impacted our careers. So we were both very fortunate, but we realized that this is like having such mentoring programs is not something that common within companies. Perhaps large organizations do offer that, but not all of them. And also we wanted to create experiences, mentoring experiences across companies with the aim of empowering women. Why? Because we remain quite a lot of time away from gender equality. And Eva and me, we believe that we simply can't afford to wait that long. And so we created FemStory with the overall aim to empower women. So from your perspective, how is FemStory creating more diversity today? Yeah, it's a very good question. So, I mean, you explained it a little bit at the beginning how it works, right? So over the last two years, we have built a network of almost 500 people supporting each other. And I think that also fact that we have always female mentees, that we match with mentors from all genders who then give them advice, who then help them in their personal development, that makes a difference. And that really empowers the mentees. At the same time, I also believe that it empowers the mentors as well. So I think we, we help creating more diversity also to take different perspectives, whether it is on the mentee side or on the mentor side. I think we're promoting diversity in this regard. 
And how are you organized internally? So how is the setup like? How many co-founders are there? And how do you split responsibilities within the nonprofit? So we are four co-founders. As I said, Eva and we, we started it. And Eva is taking care of the marketing. Femstar, so we're on LinkedIn, on Instagram as well. And we create events, for example, speaker events in which we invite inspiring people, mostly women. Then me, I'm taking care of the business development, especially on how we're operating. At the same time, I'm also working on our matching. Then we have Cecile, who has a very strong product background and is focusing on our overall product and all, all our data interfaces, etc. And then last but not least, Anouk, she has a psychology background and she is taking care of the program management. So she also creates, for example, tips for mentees, for the mentors and helps both sides basically have a really nice experience within the program. At the same time, we also have support from mentees and mentors. So overall, we're 15 people now working on Fem Story. So I think it's yeah 11 uh, mentees supporting and they are supporting in two ways. On the one hand, we have basically city ambassadors mm-hmm. for Munich, for Berlin, for Zurich, and hopefully also for some more to come. And at the same time, we have mentees and mentors supporting us more on, on the operational side of Fem Story. So for example, with, with the program management, also with the marketing, etc. So that's how we're operating. I'm always curious to know how, how teams are set up, especially with the launch of any new digital platform, because I really believe that you need a lot of diversity, not just in gender, but also backgrounds, as you just described, to make sure that really a diverse product is launched and the different perspectives from different people are also taken into account to make sure that the product itself can be as inclusive as it can be and reach the right markets. And how I understood that men can also sign up to be mentors on the platform. What what has the experience been like? Do you see that a lot of men are also signing up on the platform these days? Yes, they do. And uh, actually, I'm very proud of that. I can highly recommend it also to men to sign up because you can, as a mentor, and I think especially as a more diverse mentor, you can learn a lot from the mentees. You can empathize with younger women, understand their challenges. Also, yeah, how those challenges can be different from from your own ones. And Yeah, so we're seeing that we have more and more yeah, male mentors apply and that, that's great. Yeah, that's really great to hear. I know that every mentorship journey is, is different and a person doesn't always have to have one mentor, can have always several mentors to talk about different topics. How does the really typical mentorship journey look like on FemStory? Yeah, so we start with a kickoff meeting with all mentees and with all mentors. So there is first getting to know each other. We have this batch structure. So that means it's always more or less about 50 people, 25 mentees, 25 mentors starting at the same time. After that kickoff meeting, it's always the mentee who then contacts the mentor for the first meeting. So then during their first meeting, they together decide on how often and also for how long they meet, 
perhaps if they have a specific goal the mentee wants to reach, they discuss it in the first meeting. And then the program runs for basically four months. And during that time, we also have from the FemStory team, we have some tips that we share, some tricks and some, some meetups, also internal ones, in which you can then also share about your experiences and learn from others. And then at the end of the four months mentoring, we have a closing ceremony with the mentees and the mentors again together. And in this ceremony, everyone shares how the experience was for them. And we also give feedback. And from our FemStory team side, we try to learn from, from that a lot as well. So being an engineer, I'm always curious to know how technology and platforms work backhand mm -hmm. and behind the scenes. And I was hoping if you're open to share, how does the matching tool actually work? Yeah, that's a great question. So I would say our matching tool is semi-automatic. So we have some key matching criteria that we consider that are quite easy to, to match. For example, the type of organization that both sides are interested in, for example, can be a startup or a consulting firm. Then it's the field of expertise of the mentor as the second criteria. For example, it can be finance. Then the third component is the sector expertise. So whether you're interested in working in healthcare or in automotive, etc. And apart from that, we also check that the mentor has significantly more years of working experience than the mentee so that yeah it's really also helpful for the for the mentee to learn from this experience so i would say those are the four main criteria and then to apply for fem story you also need to answer some more personal questions so for example what is your motivation etc so we also check these more soft factors of the mentee fits with those of the mentor and that part is not automatic that's what we're like then manually doing. Exactly. And that's also the limitations of digitalization technology, right? That you always need to have this human element to it to also make sure that technology can only advance to a certain extent. But when it comes to also the potential of AI to eliminate biases, perceptions, stereotypes, this human element is so important. And I wish actually that when I was starting my career journey, I had access to these digital platforms. And it's really amazing to see that FemStory is really doing well and, and provides this access to mentoring opportunities all around the world. And I personally have leveraged digitalization to make opportunities for myself, whether it was getting the first internship, getting the first job, networking digitally, using digital resources. And I have tried to use digitalization technology to advance in different ways in my personal and professional life. In what ways have you leveraged digitalization and where has technology benefited you to advance in both your personal and professional journey? So let's start with the professional. So when I think about FemStar, actually, it all started during the pandemic in June 2020. So at the beginning, it was purely digital because there were no physical meetups possible, right? At the same time, as I just explained, with the matching, the digitalization really helped FemStory a lot because I think otherwise this would be much more time-consuming to 
really matched everyone with the right mentors or mentees. With my other startup, you mentioned it, Weitergründer, at the beginning. It's about company succession. Not all of it, but a lot of it is digital as well. So also there, it's very much about the matching. Also, when it comes to organizing my time, I use a digital calendar. I also use this tool called Calendly. So you can book a, a time slot, for example. I think overall in my professional life, I use digitization a lot to make my professional life more efficient. I think on the personal life, it's very similar. I also use digital tools a lot to organize my private life. So for example, I use the tool Notion a lot. I use also the calendar, etc. So, So I think overall, it's I have the feeling that just more is possible also because you can spare this time of more bureaucratic, also more boring tasks and give, give that away to digital tools. And I always ask all the guests on my show, if they had to choose one and only one, what would be the favorite digital tool or piece of technology that has had an impact on your life? Mm, that's a good question. I think currently it's my aura ring. So this is a ring that measures your blood oxygen levels, for example, while you sleep, but also during the day. And yeah. it can give you a more precise representation of yeah. your sleep quality, of your breathing patterns, of your health in general. Yeah. And I think it has really significantly affected my health. So it has helped me to listen more to my body and yeah. to yeah make sure that I sleep enough during the nights and also to realize when I'm for example not that fit and yeah. when I should rest and I think that that's really one tool that I at the moment could not live without yeah I want to check that out I'm going to circle back on the topic of entrepreneurship and I want to get your take on corporate careers versus entrepreneurship because I think that's that's a question where all professionals that choose actually either path, so either they choose a corporate career or an entrepreneurship path, actually ask themselves at different points in their career journey. And you have explored both the paths. So I want to understand what led you to venture into becoming an entrepreneur? So before I became an entrepreneur, I was working in the consulting firm. I was working at BCG. So actually, I, as you said, I know both worlds. And I think both really have their advantages. Me, for myself, I realized that security for me is not that important. For me, it's much more important to, to take decisions myself. Also to not work on details, but more on the big picture. And I also want to be more independent. Then, for example, others, I guess, who are more drawn towards corporate jobs. When I realized that, that then I chose to become self-employed or to become an entrepreneur. And so far, I have to say this was the right decision. So I guess it's very much in the end about realizing or finding out what's important for you, what your values are and yeah, what, what you need basically as well. But overall, I think both have their advantages. So the listener base of this podcast is diverse, but mostly working professionals. And for someone who has a great idea, but no startup funds or no family money, 
what advice would you give them to start their own business and to really venture into entrepreneurship? So I think it's very much about quickly going into the doing mode. So for example, by doing user research, by prototyping and really trying to sell the certain product. At the same time, it's also, I think, very much about approaching people who are relevant for your business. So really just talking to them. I think that's also some one thing that I've learned. Most people are happy to talk to you if you're interested in a certain topic and they are experts on it. So I think it's very much about just doing it, right? Like just overcoming the fears of, I don't know, not making it or whatever it is that is stopping you, but just do it. I think then very, very quickly, you will realize that often it, it works much more quickly and also much better than you think. Yeah. And how can, or how could they leverage visualization for it? I think especially at the beginning, but I mean, anyway, in any time period of a startup, I think digitalization is great as a gives you a lot of resources that are not that expensive or that are even for free. So, for example, also when, when we started with FemStory, we used a lot of freeware that helped us organize the platform in the end. And I think that's why using digitalization is amazing because you need less capital investment at the beginning. And also one more thing that I want to add is you do not need to be a developer, right? So there's nowadays a lot of no-code or low-code solutions available. So you can also simply build a great digital product by not even uh, knowing how to code. Yeah, that's some great advice, Julia. Thanks a lot for inspiring young women all around the world. I think you're doing an amazing job at FemStory, creating opportunities, creating access for diverse groups of people. As a closing question, is there a message that you would like to leave for the listeners? Yes. So my closing message would be nobody can do everything, but everyone can do something. So for me, it's really about not being afraid to start doing. Absolutely. So how can the listeners find you? Where can you be reached at? Yeah, so I think the best way to reach me is via LinkedIn. So if you type in my name, Julia Stadler, then you'll see a co-founder at, at Vitagrunner and at FemStory. Yeah, looking forward is if people are reaching out. Perfect. So I'm also going to be providing all the links in the show notes of the podcast episode. Julia, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thanks a lot, Adya. It was a pleasure for me. Thanks to all the listeners as well for listening in. I would be happy to hear your thoughts on the episode. So if you have any feedback, please reach out to me on LinkedIn or Instagram. And if you're listening to the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, please do leave a review. Join me for the next episode as we dig deeper into another topic at the crossroads of visualization and diversity. Till next time.